I'm Jay Mac. And I'm Jess. And you're listening to Base Code Podcast. Howdy, Jay Mac. What up? Not much. I'm glad you went first. I, I kind of, I was like deer in headlights there. Deer in in headlights. fact, I was like super deer in headlights because I just popped on my key light right when we hit record. Yeah, it's pretty funny how I can like see the key light in the whiteboard behind you, like the reflection of it. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone joins in the live stream, they probably see that too. I kind of don't like it. I tried. I watched a few videos just as a tangent on like, you know, the best performance with any kind of lighting or whatever. Um, and a lot of them were saying like, you know, you can, I guess, diffuse it or whatever by, by actually bouncing it off the wall. And it actually kind of gives you a better, like a softer light, softer light and color feel. Cause it's reflective of course of the natural light in the room. But my room's like so small that when I did that, it like just kind of lit up this whole back wall instead of and your walls reflect. are orange as well right so and the walls are orange <laughs> so the reflection uh you know was was definitely way warm yeah so yeah i like it i do think it helps for sure and gives that vibe but again the room's not really deep enough to do kind of like the accent darker lighting behind me so i actually watched another video on like lighting and i learned all the names like the spotlight and like the side light and the I don't know, nice. pop light and then accent light. I don't know. They had way cooler names. I'm, I'm kind of starting to make them up, but <laughs> I watched a lot of videos is the point trying to like feel good about this setup. I love going down those rabbit holes of like just craving knowledge on a new topic that you don't know anything about. And it's just like, what can I learn? What's all the, all the jargon? And yeah, I'm pretty good about like not allowing myself to do that during the day, you know, just to kind of stay focused on task. <laughs> when I will do it is... Definitely, um, if I wake up at like 2 a.m. and can't go back to sleep, that's when I just go on a total web surf. Nice. Do you find there if you learn things like really late like that, that the next morning you don't really remember them that well? Not unless like I'm really, really tired or like I'd been drinking. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to be flat out honest. So I'm, I've got a pretty sharp memory for things i just find yeah when i listen to things at nighttime sometimes the next morning it's it's all gone i don't necessarily like retain everything in in fairness but when i do commit something to memory like i'll remember it for pretty much ever cool i think one of my buddies kind of made a joke uh about me one time like i was teasing someone on something you know they did they did something kind of silly the classic thing where they did something a little silly and of course I, I made fun of them later in the day for like oh you know watch out for them they'll you know drop the cookies or whatever it was i don't you know <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to call this person out but anyway um i was kind of ribbing on them you know for it and anyway later they were like how long are you gonna remember this and they like my other buddy chimed in and they were like he'll remember it forever J-Mac never forgets. I took it as a compliment. I was like, thanks, man. Yep. Cool. Well, should we get into this episode? Yeah, enough with the tangents. Sorry about that. So we uh, we had another tweet asking us to talk about something. Yeah. And we looked up the pronunciation of the name beforehand, and I have actually forgotten it again. Oh, no. I'll stall. <laughs> you... I'll stall while you You'll look stall, it up stall. again. Yeah. Uh, so, so we love getting these back and as kind of this season as as like proof that we read all of them and and uh appreciate those that do reply we're gonna keep uh going through them as people ask 
So we got another one uh, from a recent episode, which fits nicely into talking about the tailwind shifts, but uh, it was on testing. Yes. And uh, before I read it, though, Jess is going to give us the perfect pronunciation of this name. This question comes to us from Joao Santos. Ooh. And I really hope that I found the right video with the right pronunciation. <laughs> if not, I mean, you really nailed it, though, like when you said it, in my opinion. So I, I, I too hope that is the correct. But even if it's not, it sounded really good. Awesome. So Joao asks us to talk about some more things to do with testing. Yes. And we've recently done a fair bit of testing with the new Tailwind Shift that we have launched. What is it? Yesterday for you? No, today for you, yesterday for me. Yeah. Gosh, it was already in the past, that far in the past for you. Yeah. So we launched them earlier this morning. We normally record these episodes about a week ahead of time, but the point is they are finished and a beta release of them is available. And we'll probably keep it in beta I would say at least for the rest of March as we improve the automation and get more project types running it because actually another tweet that was asked um, today, kind of somewhat tangentially related. Sorry, I'm all over these tangents today, but like (laughs) they asked if it was for any project, you know, not just Laravel because of course it's the Laravel shift. So that can be a little confusing, Mm -hmm. Uh, but these tailwind shifts are for tailwind projects. uh, So anything that runs tailwind in fact i had someone reach out to me that was using it was like a phone gap project that they had built oh wow tailwind in and they asked oh did you know will this work and i was like yeah it should but you know let me know and uh they had already tried it out and we even threw up some some uh, quick tweaks for that to make sure it it gave them the best automation possible so um yeah, we're going to keep tweaking it as the point. So Yeah, it's not, not Laravel specific. I think if you're using Laravel Mix, there is a little bit of a thing in there for that. But Good call. Otherwise, it's just, yeah. I mean, if you're using some like HTML, like preprocessor language like Pug or something, I don't think we cover that yet. But if there's demand. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some weird projects. So I don't think we'll end up covering everything. But yes, to your point, there are, of course, a few optimizations if it is indeed a Laravel project. But Nothing uh, that would take away from the core Tailwind upgrades. I'm fully expecting, though, that there'll be some, I don't know, like I'm not a React developer, for example, so we've done our best to use, you know, to, to make it work for React, but it'll be interesting to see if there's some projects that do things in a way that we just couldn't anticipate or didn't anticipate. I remember building some React fixtures to kind of get us back to the testing bit, so. Yeah. We do try to cover uh, as much as we could think of out of the box, but there'll be some room to grow. Exactly. So testing-wise, it is actually a pretty... It's a pretty interesting one to test a shift. Yeah. Because a shift can do so many different things and can reach out to so many different tools. So the testability of them, I guess, varies depending on like where the manipulation of the code is being done. So this is one of the benefits of keeping as much of it in PHP as possible because, you know, the test suite's in PHP. Yeah. When you need to, like, you know, shell out to something like, you know, sed or orc or anything like that, that's where it gets pretty tricky because, you know, it's a command line thing. You've kind of just got to, like, well, let's back up a little bit. We've talked before about how, like, in code, the new keyword is, like, this thing that makes testing hard. Sure. And there's actually a few other things that we run into with shifts and that other people will run into that also make testing hard. So things like shell exec, things like file get contents and file put contents, they're all things that don't have like a hook for you to get into. Yeah. 
in your test to like intercept that call. So yeah, I think that's one of the things that'd be cool to talk about today is how we do some of those things. So I would say that this is probably the most tested set of shifts that we've built so far. This is because I was working on them, right? And yes, <laughs> he needed some confidence of the of the new dev. <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> no, if anything, kind of going back to pairing, you kept me honest to continue that practice because there are some tasks. Again, we'll get into this deeper, but there are some tasks that I just won't write a test for because it's yeah, you know, it, it's copy and pasted from another shift and just tweaked a few lines and whatever. I feel okay about it. But back to the point. I probably use every style or flavor of testing that's available within Shift yeah. because of all these different polyglot kind of things that it does, not only with the different technologies, but also just with different layers of kind of the system. So mm -hmm. like when we're testing this, some of it's, you know, a unit test, some of it's an integration test, some of it's a bit of both, some of it's just a straight manual test, some of it's a you know, real kind of user test where we alpha test these shifts with people maybe that I picked up, you know, in Slack and said, hey, who's got an old Tailwind Zero project? And we run it, you know, we actually just focus groups sit together and run it. We run it, we dog food it, you know, we use it on our own projects. So there's all sorts of testing that we do for these shifts before they kind of even make the beta. But we'll focus on kind of the code aspect to answer uh, Santos. Joao Santos. <laughs> I wasn't even going to try first name. We tried so many before we started recording that now all the wrong ones are in my head. Yeah, yeah. Going back to the memory thing, if I commit the wrong thing to my memory, <laughs> I'll say it. That's the whole, that's the power of it. Seriously, it Forever. goes both, it cuts yeah. both ways. I will remember the wrong thing forever. Like one of Ashley's friends, in my mind, her name was like Jennifer. I always call her Jennifer. It's not her name. <laughs> Yeah, I, I totally mess up every time. What is her name? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Her name's Jennifer. <laughs> I don't know. I feel bad, but I really Fair don't enough. know. She has. To, she's like, you mean so-and-so? And I'm like, yes, crap, sorry. So once your memory sets, it's like concrete. It just sets. Pretty pretty much, yeah. It's yeah. it's there. It's, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm stubborn. I'm just saying like that, it's, that path has been like forged. So it's <laughs> so strong that it's kind of hard to, you know, bend it. Yeah. Anyway back to the tests you know definitely some unit tests like when we were testing the tailwind config class for example git set whatever these were very unit style tests right we newed up one of the config objects we called set on it and we then called immediately git or has and made sure like you know return true and all that kind of stuff yeah so that's a very unit style basic test is the point yeah and for me like mocking as little as possible is always my preference, but there's things that you just have to mock. Like if you're talking to an external API or if you're talking to, you know, like reading files from disk yeah. and you actually need to kind of inspect the, the output, like sure, you could probably let it actually read, like put a file on disk in the test, let it read it, let it write it, and then like pick the file up afterwards. But I don't know, that's something that I don't mind mocking, like that little, you know, the read and write, like the file system effectively. Yeah. And with the Tailwind Shift, well, with the Shift code base in general, it's not a Laravel project, so it doesn't have like the storage driver. So yeah, there's been some areas where you've kind of, though, I guess been inspired by things in Laravel, like facades, for example. Absolutely. Yeah. So like 
it's not a Laravel code base per se. It's it's just kind of native PHP, but going with what you know, sort of speak. Once I did start testing more heavily, you know, after building more shifts and, and wanting to gain that code quality and confidence as I continue to make changes and grew the user base, like I don't just want to like, you know, cowboy code, push these things live all the time. I just, it's kind of outgrown that, right? Like two, three years ago, wasn't so bad necessarily. I'd, I'd get the user feedback and I'd roll with it. But like nowadays, I, I, I don't want to break, you know, 30 shifts. I, honestly, I just don't even have the time for that kind of like outage or mess up. So, yeah. So I've really made an effort to kind of build a testing layer into shift. So something that I borrowed from Laravel was that facade layer. And a facade, you know, if you look at the facades in Laravel, it, it's really just like one little class, right? And it's just has a couple methods on it um, that allow you to kind of swap it out with anything. And one of the things you can swap it out with, of course, is some kind of mock or fake object. So underneath shift, I think we've talked about this before, but underneath shift, there's just this shift facade. And it has probably a hundred methods on it it's you know think of like carbon like you know the the date time library in php like everything is on this single shift object everything from like searching files to reading the composer json file to reading the package file to writing those files out to searching the you know system uh, or a project for a certain instance of you know a string all of it's in this uh shift utility class which is a facade which means that we can swap out any one of those methods uh when we want to start testing yeah it lets you like run scenarios much easier like for example if you want a shift that has to detect if someone has a certain you know string existing in their project somewhere rather than having to like create a project that has that on disk you can intercept that call that's looking for that and go, oh, yeah, it exists here, 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 and here. And then the rest of the shift will continue on as though that was really there. Yeah. So it just makes it really easy to yeah, create different scenarios. Yeah, it makes it super easy so we can write tests that give us a certain amount of confidence without having yeah to actually run these underlying systems. And again, some of these commands or things it's calling out to prettier, for example, the tailwind shift calls prettier, like... I don't want to necessarily have to install Prettier to be able to run my test suite, right? Like, yeah, Prettier is just one of probably a dozen dependencies that the shift worker actually has, you know, when it does run. So being able to kind of mask those or hide those underneath this facade of a shift class uh, makes it really easy to to call them. I guess the downside of that is sometimes it's a little extra test setup. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is, I think, what some in the Laravel community would, you know, tease and call spell checky. Like sometimes you're kind of checking, you're tying it to the implementation a bit, right? Like first I'm going to yeah. search for the files, then I'm going to read them in the ones that matched, and then I'm going to replace, you know, these classes within them kind of thing, and then I'm going to write them back out. So your main code, your replacing of these classes code can be whatever you want. You have total freedom there, but kind of the shell of that task is kind of set in stone and dictated by the test which i totally understand and agree is a bit rigid but it's a trade-off yeah for sure now we could clean that up a bit by actually starting to separate the facade so a minute ago you mentioned the storage 
um, facade that's built into Laravel, right? So we could make a file facade and kind of move those file-esque kind of file IO type methods out of shift, start splitting it apart. And we may do this in the future. I've thought about this. Then we just have the shift system level stuff return fixture file names and then let's let the rest play on so now we're mocking like even less to your point right because we just let it actually read the file from the test fixtures file folder on our local system or in the project repository like yeah that would be kind of a lot easier right like oh i expect i expected it to read this file and then output this file which matched you know kind of an expected version so to speak yeah and everything else in the middle is you know is all just running the same as it will when it runs for real. So if, if you didn't feel good about kind of the surface area of this shift class, you know, if you looked at it and disagreed with how much it's doing, first of all, kind of architecturally, you know, but also then when you got into writing the test code, like, man, I'm really doing a lot of kind of this setup mocking of shift and I'm always mocking these methods. You could start, I think you could start to break it up, but the practices and the principles of it are still the same right you're still going to swap out if you want that file facade as well right yeah one of the other things that's interesting i guess with mocking in general when you've got a fluent interface so when you've got something that returns something else and then you can keep chaining things onto that sure that can get pretty gnarly to mock because you're like this expects this and should receive this and then you've got to mock that thing so that it should receive this and should receive this yeah but there is a cool feature in uh, I guess it's in PHP unit where you can actually put the chaining like in a long string, like actually have the name, like say you want to call, um, I don't know what a good example is, files, and then you want to go each, and then you want to go upgrade. Mm-hmm. You could actually have a string that says should receive files, skinny arrow, each, skinny arrow, yeah, upgrade. Without, so you don't have to mock each step of that the whole way, which is pretty nice. We definitely use PHP unit, but the mocking library is actually mockery. I know PHP oh, unit yeah, mockery, offers yeah. kind of built-in mocking, but I, I've always preferred mockery. So yes, mockery does allow you in the expectation to put a kind of fluent chain to the ultimate result of what you want. Now that fluent chain has to be, there's limitations like that fluent chain I don't think it can have any arguments or anything like that. Like, yeah, it's just got to be like a straight chain. Yeah. So we'll link to the the docs in the show notes, but uh, I do that in a few spots. It's it's one of the the few downsides of of a fluent interface. I would probably argue if I used a fluent interface a lot, it's probably not something I would expect to test. I would probably allow that particular object to like yeah be used or run in a way that's kind of just more of a value object type thing. Like it's. Yeah. It's so self-contained and immutable in a way that it kind of doesn't it doesn't need to be tested, more or less. Which comes back to the whole thing of, you know, not mocking whatever you don't, like, absolutely have to mock. Sure. And I would definitely like to give an eye to Shift now that we're both in there, you know, kind of how we started this season. Like, it's definitely revealed to me some things that I've wanted to change, but didn't necessarily have that final kind of nagging need to do it until i started having someone look at it you know and then it's like uh yeah this would be easier now that we're both in here like i've kind of learned to live with that pain yeah but it becomes a little more painful once you get someone else in there and now it's just enough to kind of tick over that jmac wall of yagni of like no we need it 
Yeah. So kind of moving on to maybe some more of the particulars of the testing um, and, and back to kind of the question is something else we do that I think is really nice is, is kind of this fixture um, approach yeah. where we kind of have this expected input and expected output. And even though we are kind of mocking the boundaries a little bit, once a file is kind of read in, so to speak. So, so let's envision um, the Tailwind shifts. A very obvious task for any Tailwind upgrade is going to be replacing class names, right? Mm-hmm. So we could have some kind of HTML parser and JavaScript parser and CSS parser and like test all those at a unit level. Like they given this input, they give me back this output. But what makes it so much easier and gives us like a broader scope or again, surface area of like a test is just to be able to say, hey, you got like this set of files. And then after you ran, you should have replaced, you know, these instances with this. So this is kind of like I give you this input, this whole file, this whole HTML file, this whole CSS file, this whole component. Right. Yeah. And when you're when you're done with it, doing whatever it is you do this is what it should end up looking like. That same file should now look like this. Yeah, so you've literally got like a before and after version of that case, like of that file on disk. Yeah. And you can basically go in and open them up side by side and start, you know, programming by wishful thinking, writing in whatever edge case you think you might need and then what it should look like on the outside. It's a little bit like a snapshot test, except it's like a manual snapshot test. Yeah. I don't know. I found it pretty good for situations where you do want just want to check a whole bunch of like kind of edge cases and just know that they're all working on a on a whole file basis it's like it's not really doesn't feel like a unit level kind of test because it is operating on a full file and it's doing a few different things in the file it's really just like input output where these fixtures really come in handy and the reason i kind of want to note them and again they they might be a little specific to the use case of shift but the reason i really like them again for shift is because if there's ever something that shift didn't automate correctly and I, you know, I get a support email, right. And it's like, Hey, shift ran, it did pretty well, but it did do so well with like this file, you know, um, it, it missed a few instances where it should have replaced some things. I can say, Hey, do you mind sending me your original version of the file or, or sending me that original code snippet? And basically I take that code snippet. I add it to a fixture. I put it in the data provider to run and, I analyze the output and now I have a failing test and I can go make that pass, right? It's that simple. It's just like, just feed me more data, right? Feed me more code snippets and I can make sure I cover that much more with that shift. And it's so much easier to fix a bug like that when you replicate the bug first inside a test. Yeah. And then you can just keep running the test and, and seeing like, you know, doing whatever you've got to do to work out why it's happening make it work you get green and then that bug's fixed forever yeah i don't think everything can kind of fall under that fixture test thing right you have to be doing like a lot of io or a lot of manipulation or something but it's proven invaluable with shift especially this last year with all the growth like i want to answer all the support emails i want to continue tweaking it right like we've talked about this in previous episodes but like I don't just like kind of wash my hands of the Laravel 5.0 shift. Like I'm still supporting it. Like yeah. I still give it tweaks. So knowing what I know now from all of those shifts, you know, when we went in to build these tailwind shifts, I wanted to make sure we really, really adopted those fixtures. Cause like we said earlier, you know, we don't know 
everything about React. We don't know all the different ways people might craft HTML inside of a JSX file. So now when we knowingly kind of miss that case, I can do the same thing. I can just ask that person, hey, do you mind sending me that original JSX file? I'll drop it into the fixtures and start making the after and make it make it pass. There is certainly some things we won't catch, but it's the same as purge, right? If you're using string concatenation to like generate a class name dynamically, like, you know, text, and then you've got some class that comes in or some prop that comes in that's like setting the color. Yeah. We won't get that, but neither will purge. And to me, that's pretty reasonable. Shift will never be 100%. And and again, kind of, you know, wrapping up and and bringing it full circle, like, you know, we're going to continue to improve it. We know, and again, kind of slapped that beta sticker on there. We know it's not all the way done and there's there's more we want to do. Uh, so, you know, as we gain more knowledge and, and build up these test fixtures, you know, we're going to get more confidence. We're going to get more automation and we can kind of pull things out of beta. But to the point, shift is never going to be 100 percent. There's just too many ways people yeah. can write too many different things of code. And Laravel quite literally provides you a bit of a framework, right? Like it gives us a couple boundaries. It gives us a couple conventions we can make assumptions about to improve the automation kind of naturally but -hmm. something like tailwind like you're saying which can be used in all sorts of ways in all types of projects is really going to be that much more of kind of an effort to battle failure in a way right like there's going to be some things that just fails on and we're going to start to discover more and more and more of those so i also just wanted to quickly tie in that example of like the fixtures and reading the files sure to me, the most similar parallel in like a regular web app with Laravel is really the input-output of a request. So when you send it this request, yeah. you then run assertions on the response. Yeah, And HTTP test. In the yeah. world of Shift, it's it's kind of a similar thing. It's right, like I'm giving you this, you know, input HTML, and then I'm running assertions on the output HTML. It's very akin to an HTTP test in yeah. the Laravel framework. You kind of have this integration-y style thing where you're kind of running a, a, a very selective bit of the framework, but it's it's running all that code, right? It's it's not necessarily just hitting this one tiny thing in isolation, you know, in, in this one tiny unit test. It's actually saying, hey, send this to the application, this very specific endpoint, and kind of expect this particular output. So, yeah, they're much more on the integration side, these fixture tests, and and that's why they're really valuable because they allow us to test a lot at once and then also make it very easy to handle support requests when they come in now that most of the support requests are around like, hey, it missed yeah. this in this file. Oh, send me the file? Okay, make it pass. Hey, this is patched. you want me to rerun your shift? Awesome. And in terms of mocking... When you make a HTTP test in Laravel, you're not actually making a HTTP request. You're not like, you know, doing the HTTP protocol on port 80, hitting the server, doing the the get with all the headers and all that sort of stuff. It's simulating that yeah. to make things easier. There's this pretty fluid though. It looks it looks oh, pretty smooth, right? Because yeah. it's just like a one-liner of like, you know, this request, right? So like, that's the area I would want to work on shift a little more. So it's Right now, we kind of see that lower level mocking of knowing yeah, that we're reading a file. <laughs> if we could abstract that just a hair more, it would be it would be real sweet. Now, I don't think we need to because you it's just you and I. But again, maybe when you add that third person, now it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it's a lot of setup. We'll 
let's take a minute and clean that up. Well, I'm looking forward to having like a, yeah, some sort of like a shift command mocking open source package maybe one day. Oh, geez. <laughs> we'll see. We'll save that we'll for see. another episode. Anyway, all right. Well, hopefully we touched upon some of that question uh, and gave us a chance to talk a bit more technically about uh, these Tailwind shifts and building them and working on them together. So Sweet. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. See ya. Show notes for this episode can be found at basecodefieldguide.com slash 34.